What's good, internet? And welcome to session 50. Oh shit, is that, that's right. Yep, it's episode 50 of Super GG Radio. Where friends chat about video games and all things adjacent. I'm your bombastic, in-your-face, hot-take-spitting host, Alex Arona. And I'm here to say, the plot of Final Fantasy X doesn't make sense. There, I said it. With me this week, as always, is Dark Cloud novice Joel DeWitt. Hey, Joel. You mean that game I bought for five bucks on PlayStation 3 and then never touched? How's that relevant? Because I can tell you plot points, and you won't know if they're true or not. It's a modern-day retelling of The Wiz. Prove me wrong. Fact. Also with us this week is Eric Getty Gettinger. Hey, Getty. Is it true you spent 20 minutes today in Mass Effect customizing Shepard to look like you? No, Alex. It is not. I, in fact, spent 20 minutes making him look like you, the ultimate space jerk Arona Shepard. My likeness, my likeness is not to be used outside of the podcast. Oh, well. Unless I, unless I get a cut. You're not. Nope. Your likeness is not used inside the podcast either. <laughs> this is a. This is not a visual medium. Not yet. It won't be. <laughs> and to quote Stephen Dvorak, "I got to get paid." <laughs> also, make sure you get my chisel chin, dashing good looks, and my one dimple. I'm like that kid from Coco. Dimple, no dimple. Dimple, no dimple. Can you guys get that reference? Can you reference that? Can we can we get in trouble with Disney for you doing that? I think that falls under first. fair use. Also, I had that dimple first. Screw that kid. Well, this week we try to tackle Brexit in the backlog blog, complain about the news, hashtag cancel Stadia, and go real old school in the backlog blog before ending with some gaming confessional. <laughs> I made it, and I will hold that I made it. But first, early adopters, where we play alphas, betas, and politically charged games that frankly freak me the fuck out. That was a good transition, get a good work. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I give credit where the credit's due. <laughs> first things first, let's, let's talk about Not Tonight. Let's switch it up. Joel, me and you have been playing Not Tonight. Would you like to describe it for me? Not Tonight, uh, commonly referred to as a marriage story. Uh, by people who watched me play this earlier it is not that, wait, wait, not wait, that wait. netflix what? not that not that netflix movie no, not tonight colon a marriage story and now that that can't be true yeah that's not correct at all <laughs> who said that it it was titled brock that? brock did <laughs> thanks brock <laughs> i i didn't say i called it that i said brock called it that <laughs> is kelly in this episode too she is now <laughs> she, she always is kind of by proxy she's always within proximity uh anyway not tonight is a little indie game it is about you playing as a european migrant living in the uk post brexit and you struggling to survive while the uk is continually sort of ratcheting up its anti-immigrant uh britain first sort of stances and it plays out kind of like uh what i imagine papers please is and so the main way you make money in this game is by being a bouncer at different venues and what you do is stand at the gate let people come through a queue in a line you're checking their ids to make sure that things are valid that's them it's a valid id with a proper flag has the expiration date, they're old enough, etc. And you're doing these jobs to make enough money to pay your immigration officer off to keep them from booting you out, basically. Yep. That's, and that, when you try to kick people out of the bar or not let them in, occasionally they'll try to bribe you. But you kind of get busted every time, so that mechanic is a little bit busted. But that was the same thing kind of in Papers, Please, that any 
anything you miss if the ID doesn't match the face, they would automatically dock you. But here, people are trying to bribe you, and I guess I don't necessarily see the point because at a certain point, you do fail the mission. They close up shop for, like early. Right. There, there's sort of two tiers. There, there's for each time, they give you a number of times you can miss before your docked pay, and then if you miss it a few more times after that, they close down the the club for the night and you get paid nothing and sort of get sent home. That so, seems extreme. So that, I mean, that's sort of just the nature of this kind of game in general though, is that it's, okay. I, I was talking to Alex earlier. This, this game, I, I would kind of describe it like a protest song, like a protest game. So the, the real intent of it is it's being used as a medium to tell its story, to, provide its point of view about a societal movement happening in modern day and this is very clearly trying to depict the plight of the migrant worker that is sort of stuck between trying to keep hold of the home that they built in britain while also being torn away from it in some ways by the government which is taking a uh, sort of country first sort of stance not not too different from the kind of political environment that we're experiencing stateside right now but this takes it the next step where it gives like a future vision where they start to i mean the way the story starts is you are not necessarily you know english born and they put everybody into these low income housing and kind of lock them away and they're only allowed to try to earn enough keep that they can stay in these low-income housing, otherwise they're just going to deport you. Yeah, it's it's basically trying to depict a a post-fascism taking over potential future of Britain, and, and that that's something you have to sort of keep in mind as you're playing this. Because I don't know about you, Alex, but starting out, I I felt like I was having to sort of suspend my disbelief about how things were being depicted, and I kept on playing through. And it kind of sunk in as time went on of, like, one, like one I, I don't really know what the environment in the UK is right now pertaining yeah. to Brexit, just because we don't, we don't have that perspective. Certainly there are parallels in terms of what we see in our media and how they're talking about Brexit versus uh, some of the things happening in the United States right now. But also, I'm speaking from a point of privilege where I am a 30-something white guy in the midwest who has a house and a family and double income and we we did buy okay so it's you know we we're mostly fortunate in that uh we're native born don't have to experience some of the discrimination that happens with being non-white in general mm-hmm. and it, once i sort of reframed my mind a little bit and tried to be a little more understanding about it <laughs> trying to accept that like just because i haven't experienced it doesn't mean that it doesn't happen it it helped me sort of more easily adopt this potential future that the makers of the game kind of envisioned yeah and being in part of the latin community myself there are people talking about ice tricking people in chicago and taking families and i don't know what or what to the extent that is i i'm not deep into that where i'm following all this but occasionally it'll pop up that this happened or this something like this event happened and it does kind of bring not tonight into a forefront where it becomes a little bit more believable on my end 
yeah to to hear about all like the way they just like put people in these apartment buildings and say we well, have to work or else you got to get out and that's that's all fine for me i just i could like I, so I, I get all of that i just wish there was a little bit more to say about it there is a lot of political stance in here with people trying to have a revolution and people trying to fight the man and people up against it but it's so polar up like polar opposites in it where the 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 cop there is purposely like or everybody really treats your character like like you're just the worst scum in the world and i feel like there should be like a little bit more shades of gray in the middle well i mean there there is range but the problem is that the range usually goes between like soft bigotry and hard bigotry so so <laughs> one of the first one of the first bar owners dave <laughs> he, yeah. he owns uh what is the name of the establishment the the something head pub the lion head pub yeah something like that yeah. but but like he, Truthfully, he's depicted as a quasi-nice person, a well-intentioned, well-meaning person in this game, but he clearly has prejudices that he lets out in how he talks about you. <laughs> and then also, once he gets to know you, he talks more nicely to you, but he still talks about Europeans like they're all kind of scum. So it's kind of like, you know, like, oh, I'm not talking about you. You're one of the good ones. <laughs> you yeah. know? So it's, it's like that kind of soft... Uh, racism and bigotry that you know you'll experience in the United States, even not being a person of color, but just being around other people that might speak that way. If you're aware of how they're talking and how it's sort of uh, uh, colorful language, trying to cleverly say those kind of things without being overt. And then there yeah. are the people later on, like uh, the parole officer, who is explicitly manipulating and using you to his own ends there are bar owners and the like who uh, show active disdain towards you and like i just got to one where he is outwardly saying sort of the kind of tropes you hear in the united states sometimes about uh hispanics and mexicans which is the whole like oh you're you're somehow simultaneously lazy while also taking good jobs yeah. from hard paying Amer <laughs> hard working Americans. Uh, and, and it's like, it is very explicitly like a one-to-one -one just switching, uh, Mexican with Euro and, uh, American with Brit. And so like, there is definitely some relatability to the kind of scenarios and situations that they're playing out in the story itself. Even as far as it, that you always have these different, things you have to pay attention to if they give you a ticket if it's got stamps if their passport has stamps all this stuff but one of the ones that kind of happens early on is they pick three countries where i believe it's I ireland france and then there's a third one italy and italy yeah and on their id if they have that flag you're not allowed to have them in the bar so that so that's one of the things they add on to it is like these three countries are banned yeah and yeah yeah and it's it's funny because it kind of creeps up on you because you're starting out and it's really benign you're just checking people to make sure they're of age and have a valid id to go into a bar to party at night and, and then it just is the slow creep towards suddenly there's a couple of places banned because the the first guy's bar got bombed and then uh after that you have to do full you have to do full body scans to make sure they're not carrying weapons right and then after that you get to a point where you're at a uh a border crossing area where you're having to uh check 
for the right kind of passport and then you're still banning certain types of people from coming into the country and it's this really unsavory kind of grotesque discrimination that they're having you commit so it kind of it hits you that like okay we're getting into the real like fascism kind of stuff but then as you're continually doing it you just don't think much about it anymore so yeah, it just kind of becomes the normal right and it just makes it makes you think of like you know in those hoarder shows like they'll they'll show a, a man or woman who's lived in squalor for like 20 years and you'll see piles of garbage and uh t- 20 cats around who have just pissed and shit all over everything and they act like it's normal and it's just that sense of you exist in a ecosystem that is grotesque long enough you sort of become accustomed to that environment and i'm i'm not sure if it's I haven't decided if I feel like it's truly deliberate in how they depicted the story. I'm I'm gonna lean towards yes, but if it is, it's it's very well done in that way. It's it's very smart how they sort of just slowly bleed you into uh, being complicit with what's happening around you. It's the dog in the house that's on fire saying this is fine. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, I think the. The real main critique that me and Joel have had is that this game is uh, that roughly, from my understanding, like 10 hours long, and the the story is given out in such short bursts that it does seem a little longer than I think it needs to be. I would agree with that. I, I, I think that it probably could be telling the same story in about half as much time, and I could see a case being made on developer's end where maybe the idea was you have to let the person playing the game sort of stew in this existence and go through the mundane tasks of doing these jobs, uh, trying to survive day to day, uh, try to make enough money to pay your bills, and that makes it more immersive. But I, I feel like they veered a little bit too far in the letting people sit in it bit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the other thing that I would like to mention about is that it's not just the requirements of what you have to check at the gate for your jobs that ratchets up the difficulty. Uh, They also include additional things you have to monitor. So starting out, it's just money because you need money to pay your immigration officer for like a work visa and then for bills. But then they also add on to that eventually you break your leg in the game and then a doctor comes by and sends you a bill. And your guy's just like, wait, what happened to the NHS? <laughs> and the doctor's just like, oh, that privatized. <laughs> so here's, yeah. here's your bill. And I was like, wow, like this game is depicting this as like a, a, a removal of rights and non-personhood to this person. It's just like, that. that's kind of our existence. <laughs> yep. uh, so that, that was a bit of a, uh, a hard uh, pill to swallow playing it when it was just like these people see us as sort of living in a quasi state of this and then uh, also I don't know how far you've gotten if you've gotten to it yet Alex but where I'm at the resistance people actually installed an app on my phone as well where I not only have the task of doing the bouncer job but I'm supposed to be subverting uh, the people (laughs) that I let in or not so, Jeez. like, Daddy, you know how we said at the start, like, if you get so many wrong on the line, you'll get dot pay, and then right. eventually you'll lose your level. Well, the resistance people have me doing things like, 
if people are holding an insignia with the resistance label on it and I find it, let X number of people in before the month ends. If uh, they are Europeans, which by the time where I'm at, it's all Europeans they want out, it, try to let so many people in of European descent uh, through your jobs for the month. And another one was also people who walk around with sweatshirts with the resistance insignia. They're posers, so don't let the posers in, even if they're yep. even if they're supposed to be there. <laughs> so yep. it, it's just like it adds this little wrinkle of difficulty over time of not just like doing well, but then like having to balance, okay, how well can I do to where I can allow X number of screw-ups to fulfill these alternate objectives? Do you get anything it, from completing those alternate objectives? I have not figured that out yet. Um, I was so going to say, do you know if there's multiple endings to the game then? Whether you side with the resistance or you just become complacent? The way it's set up, it kind of makes it seem like there's going to be alternate outcomes. I don't know to what degree, but enough of these objectives exist to where I can't imagine the outcome of not doing the objectives would be just game over. I, I would expect them to have a narrative pull in some way. So, yeah. like, I, I have a ha- handful of goals, more than just that, in the last third of the game uh, that's meant to help the resistance against uh, this faction of government that's uh, so oppressive. And I, I'm not, sh- I mean, I'm not even sure if I'm going to meet all of them because. I guess one more thing I'll add about the game, too, is that if you work at a venue and do well three times, they make you the head bouncer, which is more pay, but then also the person who is the owner of the club will give you, like, an item specific to that club. And usually there is a little story context item that you get from there that you can trade or give to someone else to elaborate on their side of the story or to progress things along and Hmm. so you're not only just trying to survive but you're also like trying to prioritize a little bit okay i want to make sure i do well at least three times at this club because they've got this item that i can then give to this npc that visits me every once in a while which will then allow them to uh, show more of that character's personality or even like maybe I'll trade it to another bar owner who has this other outcome for me for one reason or another. So those are sort of different parts of ways that you build upon the story outside of just the main part is trying to flesh out the individual characters you interact with and give them more depth that way. Now Getty. Yeah. There there are two uh, kind of ongoing jokes that I kind of wanted to tell you about because it, they made me laugh really hard and I thought you would like them. The first one being one of the places, the guy doesn't like you, and the things that he you have, you have to take their IDs, but you also have to look at their visas. And the visa has a profession on it. And at one point he goes, oh, I check all the professions. Don't let any mimes in. <laughs> and you and your character goes do you expect a lot of mimes and he goes i don't care they could fuck the right they could fuck right off mimes yeah yep. mimes. Like so, so i thought that was i thought that was all well and good i start playing the level and i got a mime i Did booted you, him out you didn't let him in no i wonder what would happen uh, and, if you'd let him in oh they just dock you they just say you shouldn't have done that really no, they, yeah like that was just an a fu- actual specific criteria that you had to meet 
Yeah, later it gets upgraded to clowns, too. He doesn't like clowns next. Well, and, and it's, that is kind of like the way that they ratchet up the whole, like, you being a bouncer, too. In the same way that they go from just checking IDs to checking nationalities, the profession thing, they roll up from stuff like that to uh, journalists and uh, news media people. <laughs> because, of course, they start going to journalists are the enemy of the people and stuff like that. So it's not only the government is railing it against the opposition party and immigrants, but now it's... Uh, the news you know fake news and things like that so it's it's all all of it's leaning towards a slow bleed into uh full-blown uh control control fascist state yeah i mean it can't be i don't know how how close or far off it is the what i do know about brexit is that it is limiting trade and the ability to cross into the uk especially for ireland and i think scotland as well and it was really putting a lot of strain on the relationship with people who might have family that's just right there and not being able to see them as frequently or at all well and not just that but i I do think it it displaces a bunch of people who live in or lived in the uk because because of the way that the the uh eu worked it was all quasi open borders you would have your id and you'd be able to traverse across the eu without right. much oh, with a bit of fluidity right and because of that from what i understand the uk actually became sort of a, a well-established business mecca as part of that part of the world and brought in a pretty diverse set of people who would plant roots there and work there and start families there and with the with Brexit coming through, it suddenly displaced people who might not be of British origin, but had built lives there. And so I think that's, I think more than anything, that side of things is what this game was trying to depict, as well as sort of a, a blighted potential future outcome of, of what it could lead to if the people who made this game if their belief of what would happen happens. Uh, you're, you're right that Brexit has implications outside of this. <laughs> Clearly, very, yeah, very, very explicit so. and uh, harmful implications for, uh, if not economic invitations, but human cost. But that's definitely the focus of Not Tonight. All right. Well, that was way too serious for me. <laughs> okay, so Getty, the second joke. Oh that I yeah, I forgot. Here. There's a second joke. <laughs> Shit, I was ready for it. So the second joke is you work. It's called the King's Head Pub with a guy named Dave, okay. and you do you do a couple nights with him, and then the next then you move on to the next uh, bar that you have to uh, bounce at, and then later on he calls you up and goes, "Hey, come back. I need your help." And you come back, and now there's a giant keeping hole in the roof because someone bombed his place. But he's like, "It's cool, just." Come on, bounce again. Let's we'll, you know, bounce at my bar will be good. You do that, then you bounce at more clubs and more festivals, and then he goes, "Hey, come back. I need your help." And you come back, and now there is no roof, and the walls are barely standing, and it's kind of a shack. And you're like, "Dude, come on!" And he goes, "No, seriously, this will work. We're trying to raise money." And you go, "Dude, there's not even a roof." He goes, "Nah, it'll be fine. Just go stand up front." And then you bounce at his bar. <laughs> seriously? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It does. So he, it's a it's a, does it pay it's good? a funny ongoing joke. As long as the pay is good, I guess it kind of makes sense. I, I don't think the pay is ever really that good. 
<laughs> that is unfortunate. Okay, so that was not tonight. The second game that we played this week, I mean, it's already going long, Disintegration. Disintegration. From the the co-creators of the original Halo. Disintegration. Yeah. There was an online beta test on PlayStation 4. Uh, I was going to say Disintegration again, just to see if you'd notice that you spelled it wrong in the notes. (laughs) I don't know, the white squiggly, the red squiggly (laughs) underlines, yeah, that means that it's... (laughs) Spelled incorrectly, I understand. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Joel. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Autocorrect. Happy now. <laughs> so, Getty, what did you think of Disintegration? So, let me... Uh, I, I don't know if you said we played it on PlayStation 4, but that's that's the beta test format that we had. Um, so, what can I say about it? It It is a first-person, I want to say squad-based, as much as I don't want to admit it because it's not like an actual squad it's a an ai squad so first person squad based shooter where you control this kind of uh, rig that can float you can fly it up you can fly it down uh side to side the controls are a little choppy i had some trouble trying to figure out you know how to raise and lift the rig and when <laughs> when i could make it through certain areas but i guess the game wants to hook you in and get get its real money from the squad based so in your rig you have the ability to shoot the guns that are on it but they're not very good just straight up they take a very long time to fire and even longer you're shooting machine you're shooting machine guns at giant mechs yeah but it takes forever to reload them and it takes forever to (laughs) you fire and it's so slow that's what i'm saying but the machine guns are just like doing hardly anything to these mechs yeah so if it the way that the guns operated it kind of reminded me of mech warrior now that you say that mm-hmm. but not as bad like these are just awful so you can use uh your squad i in the i only played through uh, the like intro i didn't have the opportunity to try any of the multiplayer okay uh but in that prologue or the training, it was really that you had two people on your squad and you could command them. You could kind of command them to do certain things, like throw grenades or uh, what was the other ability? It was a grenade and like a stun ability, I want to say. Yes, you could have them stun. And you could have them stun. So your characters, they'd kind of like run around the map all willy-nilly if you didn't tell them where to go. And all the while trying to control this mech to not get shot out of the air uh, was a little challenging. Now, Alex, you played the multiplayer? Yes, I did. How was that? Well, it's a, it wants to be more of a hero kind of game, you know, like a, an Overwatch or an Apex Legend, in that you have, uh, I think it was up to eight different characters all you know with that like one of one of the guys looked like the guys from like one of the guys from daft punk one guy looked like a an actual punk you know had like spiky hair um soldier a soldier guy they had a bunch of different characters for you to choose now did they have different abilities i thought those were just different skins on the characters no you get uh side guns the daft punk guys had i want to say like a rail gun it would charge up and fire Okay. But it, so that was a kind of the way, route I took. I was like, well, I'm just going to use this railgun the entire time. And it, it ended up working out pretty well. And you got to think, while you think you're, uh, most people, the way you've described it so far has been mech game. But 
the the key component here is that the mech part of it is actively flying. You are flying in all four, you know, you know, up, down, left, right, forward, back. You're you're in air, flying around, and and in in the in the multiplayer session that I played, I was dodging around buildings and skyscrapers, and sending out my soldiers to attack. And and of course the the other people playing had two soldiers as well. So if you just railgun them, you're pretty much set and ready to go. And then your guys would be throwing grenades and shooting. And you, it's I believe it was like a right trigger, and they would just like wherever you, if you right trigger on a point, all your soldiers would go there. Mm-hmm. Or if you right trigger on an enemy, your soldiers would just start attacking that enemy. Otherwise, they also attack whatever you're attacking. Yeah, but you really have to get the commands down if you want. I, I imagine that the actual story might be a lot more interesting once it you know comes out, but. What I saw, I was not terribly impressed with. It well, it seemed very generic in a lot of ways. That's kind of the thing. I played it online multiplayer, and it ended up being the same. I was playing online with people, and it was capture the flag or hold a point, and they're going to also be trying to hold a point, and that's kind of what it was. There wasn't, it wasn't a lot of variety, and even the mechanics and gameplay seemed a little there wasn't a hook there wasn't any it had these mechanics these mechanics this combat this flight all of it done well there was a shine of polish on it everything just worked well I, there, I get it but at the same time it wasn't yeah there wasn't a hook there wasn't anything that captured me it yeah it looked good i'll give it that much oh yeah no the graphics were great and the arenas like uh, fighting in these half destroyed cities was pretty cool but you're not, you're not moving fast. You're moving at a very like yeah. walking pace. Well, that's why it's comparable to Mech Warrior because those things didn't move very fast. And you don't. Uh, one of the things is you only see your character sitting in the rig since it's from a first-person view. So, for all you know, you could be in a mech. Yeah, and and, that, and that's kind of what I mean. Well, you had first-person view. I thought for me it was third-person. So I think you could have changed the camera angle from that point was it you think that yeah. maybe because you were playing the the multiplayer i don't think that's necessarily the case i think there was different angles you could work with but uh, i must have just missed just in, okay yeah but just in general it, it again i still had the very similar experience to you where i was like okay great let's do this i know what i'm doing i'm moving i'm moving kind of slow okay they're attacking let me dodge Oh, I'm still kind of slow. I'm going to shoot their at their soldiers. They're dead. Okay, if I keep blasting with my real gun, okay, he's dead. Now, okay, I've got to sit on this point now. <laughs> so, there's no, the the speed at which you move hinders the game right off the bat. Number 2, the 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 pick your character, you get an, a secondary gun that's different. Great. Fantastic, but your even your mech got a coat of paint that was different, and that's again fine. But I there wasn't enough there to make it different. Just one side weapon didn't do anything to make me want to, Oh man, I wonder what that person has. That's probably like something like this rail gun. But this, I, there's nothing really like, like there's, you need more. You need something to grab them. You need something that's different. This is make close to coming out, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. That really worries me. I mean, I, I don't know what the format is. I don't know if they're going to be doing how much money it is, but I, I just, from, from what, I'm standing to to see so far. I think this would end up being something that I pass because it it just doesn't do enough to be different and it doesn't stand out. It's not fast-paced. It's not 
changing the game. It's not making everyone individual and different and wow, bombastic. It's very, very plain and very safe. It's a very safe game. I think it might depend on the story for me. Okay. If the story, you think, a, you think a good story would do it for you? If it had an actual good story, then maybe I could look past some of the the lackluster mechanics or the the little bits that you kind of hope to find in the game that's going to draw you in. But maybe the story is is it? Uh, I don't know. This was okay. It's not the worst thing that you made me play. It's not the best thing you ever made me play. <laughs> I would like. I would. I would like. Let's talk off air and let's find out what the worst thing I made you play is. <laughs> It was not genital jousting, that's for sure. Oh. <laughs> well, for right now, I'm going to say, Viva la Revolution! Let's burn this mother down. We'll be right back, folks. And we're back! Back with the news. G- Gaddy, I'm not reading this. You want to read this? Hey, news. Let me tell you, I am the opposite of micro and soft right now. <laughs> there. There we go. We've successfully made a horrible pass at the news and also at the same time made an NERD reference. Nice. That was very classy. That was a great Johnny Bravo impersonation. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't hear it until you just said that, and now I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. That was good. Johnny Bravo. I was going to say Elvis, but it it was a little too hammy to be Elvis. Yeah. (laughs) I approve. That was good. Okay, let's go. First piece of news, Evo 2020 lineup was revealed. The games being Undernight in Birth, which was there last time, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. What? Again, another. Yep. No way. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Not a surprise. You're gonna have ref- you're gonna have an answer for all of these. Good. Keep it going. Tekken Seven. I got nothing. Cool. <laughs> Here's a big surprise. Marvel vs. Capcom Two Champions. That Rise is taken. Weird. Is that's real, right? Is that like common for them to play Marvel vs. Capcom Two? I just think mm. they're filling a gaping hole that Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite left them with once <laughs> that shit the bed. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that makes they, more sense they, to me. They can take me for that ride however long they want to. <laughs> That's pretty good. Is, is, okay. is, is that the Tournament of Champions? Are they are they uh, jeopardying the shit? Is that what's happening? What do you mean, jeopardizing this shit? Like, they've got their tournament champions. Every so often, will they bring back their old, previous, like, bid winners into oh, a tournament? That seems like it could be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just... I, I don't know how popular that game would be from a, uh open registration standpoint, right? It's... Like, I know there's a, a, a love for that game. I sure yeah. as hell wish they would port that to recent consoles, but... Hell uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I used have to, it on PS3. Are you I mean, used like, to current gen? Yeah, um, I don't know. Was that may, that might have been Marvel vs. Capcom three? No, two, I got two which that was the bad on one. PlayStation three. I remember buying it before, uh, <laughs> like right before I got my PlayStation four. So I might need to look that up after the call here. Um, yeah, I, I used to have that on PlayStation two, but I didn't have much money, and I saw that used copies were going for like. 80 bucks 
And so uh, I, 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 yeah. I kind of sold that. So I think I still have a copy for it on Dreamcast. I, wonder- I do. I definitely. Well, I don't have any. I didn't have any legal games for Dreamcast, but I did <laughs> well, have did any, a bootleg copy of this game. You didn't need to have any legal copies. <laughs> no. This was my. This is where I stopped. I didn't play three, and I didn't play the one after that. I just stopped because they'd already hit perfection. Well, do you know what really happened is that we were made aware of the wider world of people who played this, and if you played anybody remotely better than you, you would just be chain comboed into oblivion. Uh, I will talk about that more. A little bit later. <laughs> okay, so the next one is Street Fighter V Champion Edition. Then you got Soul Calibur VI, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. Nope. That's the one nope. that you beta tested, Getty. No, nope. <laughs> no, nope. not. You're a master at this point, nope. right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Talking about talking about least favorite beta experiences. <laughs> hey, I will give that game a little bit of credit because of the catchy like anime cutscenes after I got my ass kicked. But I didn't even realize this game had come out, and I don't care. So, moving on, Sam show, bam. Uh, uh, honestly, uh, I think that Grand Blue Fantasy Versus either just came out or isn't out yet. Oh, great! So I still yeah. cannot get my ass kicked at it. Sam show, Sam show is the last game. the The one thing that everyone's kind of been talking about though is that Marvel vs. Capcom two making a comeback, but Mortal Kombat eleven getting removed, or at least main staged. I mean, it's been it's not in the main stage anymore. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know there was that bit of a Mortal Kombat scene for competitive. I'm, I'm not totally. Think, I'm not totally plugged into it, but like, it, it just it, Mortal Kombat never seems to be the type of fighter that hangs in these kind of Evo lineups. Like even uh, I don't think Injustice or uh, any of the other NeverSoft games usually hunt around very long. I love Injustice yeah, I think, too. I, I think Injustice was only for a year. It was only in there for one year, and then after that, it disappeared. So I could see it. I I liked Injustice One. I didn't play two yet. I played a lot of Injustice One and loved it. And then mm-hmm. they put it on PS Plus for free a long time ago, mm-hmm. and I went back to it, and I was awful. Yeah. Like I for I forgot everything how to play that game. <laughs> free ninety nine. Price is right. Okay. Also, it's just it's also weird. There are four anime fighters if you count Marvel vs. Capcom too. Four anime fighters. That's a lot. What you mean? Uh, Smash Brothers, Street Fighter, Tekken, and Marvel vs. Capcom too. Wait, wait, wait. Grand Blue, nope. DBZ, uh, Dragon Ball Fighters. Uh, what is the one something in, bir- in, in birth? In dude, the fire, uh, the fire emblem characters alone made Smash Brothers an anime fighter. That's not under that night in count. birth. Come on. <laughs> also, under count. night in birth is a new version of that game. It's a new version of that game. Of what game? Under Night In Birth. Oh. I beta tested it, and then now they're put, they put a new version with like two new characters or something. What? That that's dumb. So why are you counting Marvel <laughs> versus Capcom as an anime fighter? Because because it is an anime fighter. Uh, anime fighters generally have like a super jump or air dashes. Oh, that's the qualifier. Generally, I don't know. Joel, back me up. I you are going down a road I cannot follow. <laughs> you don't think it's an anime fighter? I, I when you say anime fighter, I think explicitly a fighting game that is drawn in an anime style. Like that that is what comes to mind, which is why that Underneath in Birth and Ram Blue and D B F Z makes total sense to me as an anime fighter. I would also lump uh uh oh, 
Guilty Gear in that same category. Yes. Right. Guilty okay, Gear is an anime fighter. I checked, but- I checked the internet, and it says uh-huh. it has an anime style of character design, uh, double jumps, air dashing, large flashy combos, blaze blue, uh, Persona 4 arena. Is that that's a game? Yep. They Guilty made Gear. Perso- they made two Persona fighting games. Yeah, Guilty Gear. Um, and then people asking, is Street Fighter considered an anime fighting game? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Uh, only Street Fighter Alpha. It's it's more about how it's like Smash Brothers is a brawler, and Street Fighter is a normal fighter. But there is a secondary genre style that comes across. Like uh, Smash Brothers now it, being a brawler is its own genre with all of the other games that have come out like Rivals of Aether and Brawlhalla they do count right. now as like its own genre don't so they call I, them I platform was, fighters that makes I was sense always to told me. brawlers hmm. more brawlers but I, right. the, the whole point is what I'm saying is that fighters have different inter, interim genres and I always thought anime fighter meant double du- double jumps and air dashes you know what I miss I wish they had Virtua Fighter here oh I was never God. any I was never any good at that game, but it is so technical and just really impressive when good people play it. Granted, there were, they would probably there, need a recent release first before they'd bother with right. that. Uh, well, the first thing I would say to that is that I think the most technical one right now is Tekken, and the I believe Sarah from Virtua Fighter is in a new is in a game. From uh, from one of these, and I'm trying to figure out which one. We'll never know. But yeah, what you gonna do? Okay, so that uh, she was in Dead or Alive Five. That's where it was. So none so, of these. Yeah. So nope, none, none of these, these. and not nope. terribly recent, right? Nope. Well, no. Uh, Dead or Alive Five was a few. Wasn't that long ago, was it? Yeah, also, Internet DOA is a mess. Alex, okay. uh, yeah. 2012. DOA 5 Let's 2012. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> Thank you, Getty. DOA 6 came out in 2019. That's what there I was thinking go. of. Oh, man. There Do you guys go. remember DOA Beach Volleyball? No, nope, yep. moving on. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> was it two so bad they didn't print out in America, or was that three? Uh, doesn't matter. I had the first one. Uh, I, yeah. I definitely had a friend who had an Xbox and bought that game, and we played many games of volleyball. Mm-hmm. Did you? Volleyball. Or did you? Oh, I, I played volleyball. Hand the God, the volleyball game was not bad in that. Oh, yeah. It was there actually was, pretty fluid. There was also weird-ass mini games of, like, jumping on different water platforms in a pool and stuff like that, and yeah. uh, gratuitous general physics. So, Dead or Alive Beach Volleyball 3 uh, came out in 2016, not in America. I don't even think it had the DOA name, though. I think it was just like Extreme Volleyball or something, wasn't it? Extreme. Uh, I'm still in the Google window, so Googling from work phone. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's a choice. (laughs) Dead or Alive Extreme 3. Okay, there we go. So, so they removed the volleyball. <laughs> yeah. uh, they Let's all get pretenses. that volleyball out of here. We know what we want. The extreme. Next piece of news. GeForce Experience now out of beta. A streaming service ready to put Stadia to shame. I am canceling Stadia. I you thought you already yet. did. I have not yet. I kind of wanted to see what comes out February. Is it really going to sway? I thought they announced that already. It was guilt and something else. 
That's guilt. Uh, it's the one uh, exclusive Stadia game. Damn. Yeah. That, I gotta Google and... this. What, what what was the other one? Crap. This podcast is just turning out to be us Googling different stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's what it's coming down to at this point. No, way. no, we're switching to Bing now. No. Oh, yeah, we're Binging. No, we everyone. aren't. Not acceptable. <laughs> Don't. You'll mostly get porn if you go to images. I've been Binging for years. <laughs> oh, it God. so bad. <laughs> what you do in your private time is, you know disgusting <laughs> okay it's it's a uh, guilt in metro exodus there you i go. don't like uh, I did, the metro, metro series exodus. is not uh, maybe that series is not for me yeah i know but uh, i don't have a stadia anyway so it doesn't matter okay so the geforce experience will let you play games uh streaming from your pc and that includes epic games ubisoft steam and the like and i am very interested to play and try it out and it will be for a future segment of how do you stream Jill, you down to try that or you out? Question. Yes. Will they let you buy a special controller just for GeForce experience? <laughs> no. Question. Yes. <laughs> can I buy a dongle that I can attach to a television <laughs> that allows me to stream it to my television? Unclear. <laughs> Question. You in the back. Can I can I pay for a monthly streaming subscription service and also get a buddy pass to theoretically give to somebody I know who would be interested in the service? Five dollars a month and I uh, unclear about the buddy pass. Okay, I'm out. Damn it. <laughs> Getty, are you in? I, I'm having too much fun with Joel trying to compare it to Stadia. <laughs> Damn it. Fine, I'm doing it solo. <laughs> yeah, let me know how it goes. If it's actually worth it, maybe? Well, the first there's actually a free model that will let you play for an hour a session meaning that you could probably play like an like there's a queue and only a certain amount of people can be connected to it at once so there's probably like a line but it will let you play for an hour and then boot you out and then you gotta get in queue again to play again yes send me a link i'll I'll take a look i I think the my biggest my biggest issue is that the only device i think i would be able to play from would be my phone and while my phone is bigger than it used to be it's not mm. quite the size screen I would want to play a game on. So remember, Joel's out in the boonies, so he has like Kroger brand uh, cable <laughs> connection. That's true. That's true. <laughs> we we still have just piles of AOL discs floating oh, around our grocery God. stores. You only got like ten more minutes on that disc, guys. I, we can only record up. for about thirty more minutes, and then we're gonna need to uh, boot up Netscape Navigator and uh, start over. So oh, having flashbacks. Okay. okay next piece of news apex legends coming to mobile in 2020 speaking of it season four just started with a new murder robot character voiced by reinhardt of overwatch except for not german who who voices reinhardt patrick warburton let me google it real quick (laughs) (laughs) so uh so what 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 the reason why i brought this up is is because it's it's what's interesting to me is that these battle royale first-person shooters going to mobile in a way that I don't see. I don't see a benefit of playing on your phone that way. You know what kind of strikes me about it is that it made sense to me for something like Fortnite. It, Fortnite is such an arcadey experience. The few times I played, and yeah. like if you're queued up with other mobile people, then you're not going to be at much of a disadvantage by playing on a phone. Apex is such a core first-person shooter experience that feels really tight in, in its controls, and so I don't, 
I don't know that I could personally play it in mobile and enjoy it in the same way. But, uh, but I mean, they even did that with PUBG too. Yeah, and I, I think that's wrong too. But <laughs> just, and it was I, I'm just and I'm I not Call of Duty. I mean, I, I guess I mean, the real question is, do you see yourself playing these that way? I know I don't. I absolutely do not. Yeah. No, uh, Getty, mm. Darren DePaul, voice of Reinhardt, as well as Arden, the ma- one of the main villains in Final Fantasy 15. Oh, and now he's playing this murder robot in Apex Legends. All right, there you go. Nailed it. Google or Bing helps again. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't go to images. Joel. You brought us this last piece of news. Can you hit me with it? Yeah, uh, so Sonic 2 is coming to Switch another way. Because I, I think it was part of that Sega uh, class, it's collection that got ported to Switch a while back. Ooh. Uh, but uh, Sonic is also out on a Sega Ages collection, which there's been a handful of these releases too before already on Switch. I think Sonic 1's been out there. I think Shinobi recently was put out there. But they're they're Sega Genesis ports, but whereas the collection of Sega Genesis games are kind of shoddy emulation, these Sega Ages ones are supposed to be a little more one-to-one, pristine, as-you-remember-them kind of emulation quality. I'm tempted. (laughs) Me too. I'm always tempted to rebuy a handful of the same Sega Genesis games that I have one way or another on a different platform. You should. I, I probably will. Do it. I would go through one through three. One, two, and three are very, very good. Well, if they would ever release three again, maybe. After the Michael Jackson thing? Got it. I, I suspect that might be it, strangely enough. I, I mean, that I don't know if the estate of Michael Jackson would be litigious about it or not, but, like, say to just maybe just decide it's not worth the effort of trying to convert it into a modern good emulation of it and just leave it lie right funny enough I, that was a joke and it's like oh no that's serious no i mean <laughs> i mean it's 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 half a joke but that's been a speculation for years right that yes he helped compose some of the music for that game there's plenty of videos out there that deal one-to-one with uh tracks from sonic 3 with music that eventually showed up on his albums like there's a through line of truth in it, much in the way that people used to claim the copyrighted music parodied in Earthbound used to be like a limiter yeah. of getting that released. But that came out, so maybe maybe it's uh, less that than we might think. I mean, you really want to get into the weeds on some of this copyright stuff. You ever hear the story about 7-Eleven cash registers and the sonic ring sound? <laughs> I mean, I know that's a thing, and it always gives me a Pavlovian response whenever I went there. But uh, it still does. But it's it's a uh, there are, there are two thoughts on it. One of them they lost the light they lost the rights to that sound. Or the other part is that Sega also made cash registers on the side. Hmm. I I, I bet be it'd be the latter. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't know. Being in international shipping, sometimes we get like a container with stuff from Sega. Really? Ooh. Yeah, I have no idea what the hell they ship, but I think it might be uh, like casino games, though. Mm. Getty, tell me what they ship. I don't have access to those bills of lading, Alex. <laughs> what's it? What's you know, we're moving oh, on. Oh, God. <laughs> don't, please don't. <laughs> I, I deal with that in other work. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry about that news. Getty can come on a little strong. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Let's take a break. 
and I can teach him some sweet lines and some pickup moves. Be right back. And we're back. Back with the Backlog Vlog, where we play video games that came out when we were infants and now are now happen to be on the eShop. True. Getty played Dragon Quest 2. I played Dragon Quest 1. So I'm just going to start real quick and say Dragon Quest 1 is a video game-ass video game. Yeah, I can agree with that. Dragon Quest 2 is even more video game-ass than Dragon Quest 1. <laughs> Joel? Let me break it down for you. Yeah, please. Have you, you, have you played these games? I've never played a Dragon Quest. No. Bless you, sir. Okay. <laughs> there you go. No, okay. I don't mind it. It's very mindless, and this is why. You start in a, You start talking to the king. The king says, you should probably go to the town next door. You go to the town next door, and they go, hey, you should go find these items. Then you could be an amazing knight and fight this dragon. And you're like, cool. And then you wander around and fight monsters to get stronger so that you can buy weapons and armor fight some more monsters get some more weapons and armor if you go to the king king says you know if you got about 30 more experience points you could probably level up and then you finally explore enough and beat up enough guys to have some good armor you go to the next town they go hey you should probably go over here you go to the next town and then they say well you got to go to the dungeon but you should probably level up first so then you fight some monsters you get money you buy new armor you fight more monsters. You get no. <laughs> you see where I'm going with this? Yeah, I. Hmm. There is exploration because everything is pretty much open, and on essentially big land masses that you can walk across with bridges in between. But the bridges are kind of that you walk across a bridge, things are ten levels above you and one shot you. Yeah, that's that's about so, right. So essentially, the game is gated that way, where you can go to a place, get try to get like get smoked, and then you wake up and you're at the king's feet, and he goes, "You shouldn't do that. Go somewhere else. If you get thirty more points, you could level." You know, it's like Christ. when did this game originally come out? Uh, we weren't born. Well, yes, yeah, I, I'm gonna say I it. Figured as much, but <laughs> I want to say but like no, eighty four. Wait, wait, May twenty seventh. Yeah, it's a no. no I, I was, I was born, a month old. 19, wait, yeah. what? I, was it 84 or 85? 86. 86. Oh, I was At more. Least. Okay. But yeah. I was an yeah. infant. Hey, wait, I wrote that, in, that transition. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You were right. You were right about it. So it's cool the way the game, they, they did a really good job updating all the graphics. It's very smooth, clean looking sprites. It's very bright and colorful. It, 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 it's actually kind of nice to feel like, okay, I got to fight this monster. And it's really one character. There's no multi-party system. Okay. And and they give you set spells per like so it's like at level 7 you get a fire spell at level like level you know 6 you get a heal spell at level like 11 you get another and it's not it's not every level it's an almost it seems like an arbitrary number it just happens mm-hmm. and then from there you're just kind of continuing down the path of just grinding to the next spot and then the person goes hey go over there and you're like cool but these enemies are too hard, so I should probably kill some stuff and then buy a new set of armor and then go kill those guys and then go to that spot? Cool. So I kind of love it in the fact that it's so mindless because in a game of these 100-hour JRPGs with side quests and content and new places to go, it really just kind of slows everything down and gives you the ability to just like, okay, I can just kind of sit here. Uh, I, I like to do it on a bike 
like when I'm on the, on the gym and on the workout bike, yeah, I will just like sit down and just like, okay, I'm going to fight 15 to 30 monsters in the next half an hour and then just be like, okay, I can move to the next island. Yeah, I mean, cool. there, there's something to be said for shaving off all the pretense of story and uh, some sweeping narrative and jumping into it knowing that you are playing a game and it's just a matter of exploring this space, understanding that. And also, given the time that it came out, it also very much made sense that they would maybe take that tact. Yeah. And and so Dragon Quest, I will give a big thumbs up to say I'm going to beat it. I've never played. And this is the only Dragon Quest I've ever played. It's my first one ever. And I'm happy to do it. And seeing the way it's playing now, it's actually, it's it's, an, it's a nice breath of fresh air after trying, you know, playing all like Final Fantasy 7, Final Fantasy 8. And it just goes on these long tangents that go forever. Sit down and say, hey, hey, the king says grind some levels. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Now, Getty, Dragon Quest Two. Oh my God! Mm-hmm. So you know all those things that you kind of enjoyed about Dragon Quest One. Yep. It gets so much worse. <laughs> all right. So you know how Alex was like, "Oh yeah, it's like just go to the next town over." Yes. Dragon Quest Two is nice enough to start you out with saying, "Hey, you're a prince, okay? You need to cool. go find this other prince. All right? He lives in a Nailed town it. to the west." Mm-hmm. All right? So you go to the town to the west. Got it. He's not there. Damn it. Nobody, everybody's like, oh, I think he went east. And you're like, I just came oh, from no. there. So you're like, okay. Damn it. So you go east, Oops. and uh, you you have to find a cave. If you don't know where the cave is, well, <laughs> well, you're screwed. So you <laughs> have to Crap. search long enough to find the cave. You go into the cave. You explore all the way to the bottom of it, and the guy's the guy in there's like, oh, no, he left. Like, he went Damn back it. west. this is just like the opening quest and i was seriously like i remember this and i still hate it so (laughs) had you played this before now yes i played the first two before i i played the first one and the second one before now but uh because it was very cheap on the eShop, i was like i'll give it a shot again dragon quest has always been kind of enjoyable but i forgot how tedious it is so having to go back and forth uh like Alex said, they do try and gate you into leveling your character. In this one, they introduced squad. So you you do end up getting three characters. You finally find the second prince. And then you have to... You find the third character, which is a princess. And she's been cursed to look like a dog. So you have to go on this long, arduous quest to find a mirror. So that you can turn her back into a human. But then it gets really messed up because... Unless you go and talk to every single person in all of the towns, and even once you do, it's not abundantly clear how to get all of the items in order to progress the game. Hmm. So you have hmm. to find all of these seals in order to... I, I don't even know what the seals do, to be 100% honest, but you have to find all of them. I think they help you so that you can fight uh, the boss at the end. Like, you actually have to obtain them. But you also have to get specific items that you don't exactly know where to use them mm-hmm. unless you kind of guess. So okay. there's like this uh, sluice key that you have to find which you can use in one of the areas but it's not clear that you have to use it until you like stumble across it. And then you're like, oh, I guess I guess I can use this here. But it is a good game if you're looking for mindless JRPG. The one thing I can't stand about it is the random encounter system. There we go. That's some beef. Now, 
Alex, how was the random encounter system in the first one? Did they did they change it all, or is it you take two steps and it's a random encounter? It wasn't that bad, no. This was that it's bad. That, yeah. It was mm. every couple... And then you eventually, you get a spell that helps to protect you. It's supposed to repel monsters. Doesn't work. <laughs> Does not work. So by the time you get to the end, it's really vexing. You're like, all right. I just have to make it up these stairs and I'll I'll be okay. Nope. I died nope. so many times trying to get to the last boss and then again You got to grind some more, man. And th- I did. I did. <laughs> I was going in there like beefed up. I was like, "Yeah, I'm ready for the Nope. Nope. Like the last boss was supercharged. And Are you a- able to run from encounters? You can, but it's not guaranteed. And there's not like It's not a, it's I, th- I think for me it was like 50% chance yep. of it working. So you're like, oh, I could try and run, and most of the time you'd be like, nope, the monster stopped you, and he uses kamikaze. All your characters are dead. <laughs> like, oh. Yeah, and, and it being, uh, the, the only reason you'd really run is if, like, someone hits you for, like, two-thirds of your life, and you're like, crap, I gotta go, and if you miss that run, you're dead then anyway. It, mm-hmm. Exactly. Which, they did make it a little bit more forgiving. In the original version of the game, if you died, it didn't, mm-hmm. like, kick you back to the last save spot you had. It kicked you from the game, and you had to log back in and load up from that last spot, losing all progress. In Dragon Quest One, if you die, you get sent all the way back to the king, and then he's the only person that you can save at. Yeah, but you don't the- lose progress from... No, they don't. Exactly. So in the original yeah. one, you would. Oh, it would just weird. you were dead dead so it is funny though like again being so like i like i said it's like a video game ass video game you talk to the king and like could you want to save your game sure and then he goes would you like to continue or go to the main menu i'm like king you okay yeah <laughs> you okay king did you something wrong with you you need 50 yeah. experience points what 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 are you talking about <laughs> yeah yep and then again dragon quest one being five dollars i think dragon quest two is similar yeah i want to say that it wasn't Actually, I might have paid... I thought the first one was like three bucks. Oh, maybe it was three bucks. And then the second one was like five fifty. But if you're looking for just mindless, go kill stuff, hopefully make it through the main story eventually, yeah. give it a shot. I'm sure that I, of no fault of its own, it's a product of the time. So yeah. I know back then, like, this was a game that you played. It was like... I need to leave my house right now. I'm going to leave the Nintendo on because I can't get back <laughs> yeah. to the king to save kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so given that now I I feel like having grown up so much, I'm like, I have so many other games that I need to make it through. And by having 15 random encounters to go in this small area of the map, it's not helping. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm totally with you there. I have very little patience for random encounters anymore, and, and I say that as I'm continuing to try to trudge through a lot of JRPGs, which mostly deal in random encounters. But if they're too punishing, it's just like you're wasting my time and being too punitive. And I'm not 12 years old and have an abundance of spare time and only one game to play Mm. yeah the dragon quest games i think are a fun look back at history and what these things used to be and i that's kind of what i'm getting and going for with because i I also beat super metroid which i'll talk about in another episode but 
uh, Dragon Quest One is a a fun rehash to see something I haven't seen and taking it with that thought that oh I've never seen this before it's not part of my history and I want to see where it all gets started in case I do want to try one of those newer ones. Right, don't get sure. me wrong, I I played one two back in the day. I have uh, also played I think seven and eight, and I have a copy of uh, eleven that I still want to bust into here before too long. I, I think I've been sitting on it for about six months now and really mean to play it. I've heard so. nothing but good things about that new one. Yeah, I just, you know, it's timing. I got to commit. Yep. I, it's another one of those games that you have to commit to. Everybody that I've talked to said it's, it says it's a bit longer, so you got to be in it for the long haul. A bit longer? I hear it's like 80 to 100 hours. Yeah, a bit longer. Yeah. <laughs> it's a persona. <laughs> hey, I only have like a, a couple, persona and a half. I only have a couple of months before, you know, that comes out. So, well, Scramble comes out in two months. You're, you're talking about R, though, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. on that royal train. Me too. Yeah. Don't make noises. Yeah. You know you want to play it. No. <laughs> you're, you you want to play I, it. I, I, I'll tell you the one thing I didn't wish for by the time I was done with Persona Five was more persona 5 makes sense like i i love that game but yeah once you like finish two, 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 two thirds end, you're like yeah okay, this I'm, should I'm have been dlc that they charged 20 to 30 bucks for and just let you pick up from a save spot to extend your semester like, oh i i was literally i thought that you would be able to do that but i was gonna see if i can use my uh save game to carry over i don't know why you wouldn't be able to it doesn't, and it, well, you got to think of it. This is FES. This is Persona Golden, Persona Five Gold, Persona Four Golden. They've always done this. This isn't. I know. I know. It's 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 unexcusable in today's day and age, but it is less surprising to me that they would do put out a new edition with bonus content and episodes when they've done that from the jump. Yeah, and I, I don't I don't begrudge Atlas for doing it. It's their model, fine. But I also like yeah. I value my time too much to play all of that all over again so soon just to see the extra stuff because the the opportunity cost isn't there for me oh no and that's fine that's why my my brother was talking about how he beat persona 5 but he didn't buy it he was specifically saying i'm gonna buy royal because you know i i generally have he's done he's done that similarly because with persona 3 and 4 coming out on ps2 and then them getting re-released for the PSP or the Vita uh, or being able to play on PlayStation 3 with the updated information, he was always kind of going back and playing them again anyway. So. Right. But let's move on to our new segment and let's see how many random encounters we can get into while walking into it after the break. back back with a new segment gaming confessional i think it's going to be a running joke that i'm going to keep making new segments and some of these we may never go back to yeah i thought that was the joke yep gaming confessional where we just have a discussion on just a confession that one of us may have and i'm starting because i wanted to talk about i hurt myself wait wait last monday wait, wait. Mm-hmm. forgive me father for i have sinned 
<laughs> oh god my confession is i played multiplayer mondays live on stream and i hurt myself i was i first off i played dragon ball fighters z which i am perfectly proficient at but i played it online which means that i was getting absolutely decimated understandable we've all been there we got it cool except for the fact that i was so intense on my matches that i gave myself a big blood blister on my thumb damn there was photos that joel saw (laughs) he was very grossed out yes (laughs) and along with this it just made me think of all the times that i have hurt myself playing video games and i kind of wanted to give you i want to give you the the two other times that stick out of my mind as well as i would like to hear yours that you may have that you know stick out so my first memory there was two big ones that stuck out growing up playing video games my first one being i actually have a scar on the very top second knuckle like near my ring finger on my left hand and that was uh going out to dinner to a giordano's and there was that for some reason that giordano's had third strike street fighter three third strike and we're waiting for our pizza, and I'm like, I, I, I want to play some Street Fighter. And my mother gave me some money, and I went and played Street Fighter, and I got very excited for beating my opponent. And again, this one wasn't necessarily like a fault of mine, but I like jumped up because I beat the guy who I was fighting, and I smacked my hand underneath the cabinet, underneath the where the actual joystick and buttons are, and underneath was some sort of sharp metal piece, and it cut my knuckle open. Jeez. Uh, yep. So, yeah, that was that's my first one. The second one is purely my fault and my own stupidity. I have a problem with Final Fantasy Tactics in a way that I love that game, but I absolutely detest that game. When you go into a fight that lasts you over an hour and one of your characters you've been leveling up dies and is permadeath, I have purchased that game three times and illegally copied it twice, and I have snapped it in half four times <laughs> so i got a couple cuts on my forearms because discs shatter discs shatter uh two of them two of them snapped issues. one one of them i threw out my window yeah you, you beat me to it that's some anger management problems <laughs> that was the one time you just I said mean, you broke times. three discs it's only time? been tactics it's only been tactics it's only been tactics <laughs> And I and I always love that game. I love the art of that game. I love how it plays. It's just those those some of those boss fights were damn near unfair. One of them went flying out my window. That was a funny one. Okay, you guys are up. Joel, can you tell? Do you have any of these? Any injuries from gaming? Hmm. I mean, the, the obvious one for me is I notice it more on my phone. I'll get like a weird strain in between my thumb and my index finger, mm-hmm. and it's just as like you're trying to hold the phone while navigating it or playing a game with your thumb at the same time and just trying to stretch it across the the phone will uh cause that there was a christ i can't remember what game it was it was probably street fighter alpha 3 that was my huge fighter growing up uh especially Mm -hmm. young teenage years and i i got i would get blisters playing that just rubbing my thumb against the the d-pad as i was trying to do those quarter circle motions um, I was actually going to say the obvious would be the the blister in the middle of your hand from playing Mario Party. We didn't have an N64, so I I okay. sort of was spared that. Yeah, I, I can't say I have too much less severe like you. My, my brother was the Rage-A-Hall 
when it came mm-hmm. to uh, damaging stuff. Like we had to say to Genesis, and if he got pissed off at something, he'd throw control or at the wall <laughs> or at the, the door oh, or something. Yeah, it was. Um, no, nah, my mom would beat me. I for that. My mind would always catch up to me before I would angry enough to do it and be like, "You really can't afford to replace this thing." <laughs> As a, yeah. as a kid, but like, yeah, it was really, it's really always been kind of minor stuff like that, like you know, staying up all night as a kid, and then you know having bad like eye strain and and stuff like that, just from watching a TV too long while playing it. Nothing, nothing too drastic. What about you, Getty? I've been known to flip a remote. Oh, I, I think you were playing Destiny multiplayer, and I was just hanging out talking to your wife, and all of a sudden you just like toss the controller on the ground. You're like, nope, flip the remote. Yeah. I'll flip it and I'll just like walk away. I'll be like, nope, done. Yeah, that's a little different. <laughs> yeah, it's different not than... like full yeah. like on throw it at something. I just like toss it. And I'm like, nope, not gonna happen. Bye. Yep. Yep. And sometimes it's better to just walk away. Otherwise, I just continue to get angry and then I'm like, god damn it. I mean, tilted is a term for a reason. Like you, you, you have trouble with a game. You get progressively worse as your emotions sort of like dictate how you react to it <laughs> and then just continue being sloppy that's why that's why it works so well for me at least when you just like recognize that you're not doing well stop walk away and come back later i think that happened with me in control i just i stopped and walked away the the funnier part is that the final fantasy tactics problems were never like okay i am so mad it was literally i'd stop turn off the game take it out very calmly and just say you're not going to do this to me game i will break you i feel like there's still like a deep-seated hatred somewhere in there (laughs) and and, and i i feel like the dame got the last laugh because you kept on coming back for more yeah i played it on vita when it came out i bought it on vita and then he snapped his vita in half across (laughs) his knee (laughs) (laughs) that'd be another level so that was gaming confessional now let's move on to one last thing, where we say one last statement, one last sentence, sending us into the weekend, and you, the listener, into the new week. For me, I'm still trying to slog through Not Tonight so I can review it, and then play Not for Broadcast, and then review that. I may have, I may have bit off more than I could chew on this yes, one, guys. Yes, you did. <laughs> mm-hmm. Joel? Uh, going back to your gaming confessional, I'm going to assign you ten Hail Marios. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, All right, Getty? Oh, that's it? That was Joel's? Yeah. <laughs> Shit, we should have ended on that. Yeah. Uh, I I guess I, I really have a strong desire to get through at least five more games this month. Uh, I want to burn through Wolfenstein 1 and 2, Life is Strange Before the Storm, Life is Strange 2, and then I want to also make it through Tomb Raider, so wish me luck, guys. Let me know wow. once you start Life is Strange 2. I'd like to be on track with you on that. Okay, I can do that. I didn't I didn't play Before the Storm. Do you think that's a necessity? No. It's an enjoyable okay. side story, but it's not necessary. Yeah, I want to know what happens okay. before it got real whack, wackadoo. Hmm. Okay. And that will be it for this week's Super GG Radio. Before we go, you can find us on Twitter at Super GG Radio and twitch.tv slash Super GG Radio, where... I may swap multiplayer Mondays with some beta test Mondays just to keep things fresh and give my blistered fingers a break. Seriously, that really kind of hurt. It's all red now still. (laughs) 
Also, Joel played some Not Tonight for 2D Tuesdays, and Metal Gear Kevin's finale is now on our YouTube channel. It's like three and a half hours I had to cut that together. Also, he will begin MGS4 at the time of this recording, uh, to which I am officially dubbing Metal Gear Kevin 4, Heartwigs of the Patriot. Mm, no, we need to rework let's, that. Let's one. workshop that. Yeah. <laughs> guns of the Guns of the Heartwig? Yeah, that's a little bit better. I don't know. He was pretty pumped on Heartwigs of the Patriot. He just doesn't want it to be called Metal Gear Shartwig. Uh, no, nobody wants that. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was really funny. <laughs> he did not. <laughs> if you'd like to reach us with questions or input, our email address is superggradio at gmail.com and provide a review on iTunes or the eSport Pro in a furry costume of your choice. Thanks for listening. GG Joel. Good game. GG Getty. GG. Good night, everybody. Yeah, we're waiting on you. You're not waiting on me. I've been here the whole time. <laughs> no, but I, I, I asked, how are you doing? Are you all ready? And you're like, it's pretty shabby. I was like, okay. Well, I didn't know that you're talking <laughs> about my right to record. Yeah. <laughs> you said how you looking. I told you how I was looking. Pretty shabby. I'm not asking what you're wearing, he looks, dude. He looks homeless. Is what he's saying. What are you wearing under the day goatee? <laughs> <laughs> I hope nothing. <laughs> nothing at all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All it's right. like you're the news. No. Okay, I, re- <laughs> I regret this entirely. Let's let's get started. All of a sudden, he's uncomfortable. Made, you made this whole experience unsavory. I hope you recorded that. Oh, I, I did. Yeah, I've been recording for a while. Okay, good. So now <laughs> good. we all know it's awful to work with Alex. <laughs> That's not true. I am delightful. Only, I am a delight. Only asked his co-workers, half of which are gone now. I am an American treasure.